The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business? Home? Social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made, and by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. Conception is both a joy and a visible struggle for many, as are difficulties during pregnancy, with birthing, and postpartum. As in almost any life endeavor, having a a team in place that can support you at each stage of the process can tremendously benefit your well-being and outcomes. Midwives, with their knowledge of diverse mind-body modalities that support baby-making, can provide the type of care that is different than that of an OBGYN. Today, we'll talk more about practices that incorporate perinatal psychology, nutrition, and yoga or movement during all of the childbirth phases, including preconception. Here to provide her expertise on these topics is Shanti Smith, joining us from Northern California. Shanti is a licensed and certified professional midwife and educator who's trained in a range of childbirth and holistic health modalities. She works with people across the globe through Skype and also conducts in-person sessions in the California Bay Area and New York City. Shanti, welcome to the show. Mm, Thank you. You have such a vast array of modalities that you're trained in that I'm going to invite listeners to go to your website after the show to learn more about the approaches that you incorporate in your work. Mm, Great. So I'm so grateful that you could join us to talk about a topic that means so much to so many people, and especially during a time when the topic of fertility is talked about more openly, it's really reassuring that there are so many practices a woman can rely on to boost conception. I'd love to talk about some of the practices that you suggest. Yeah, I um, I really take a full-spectrum approach to working with clients um, from my training in midwifery, but also from my training as uh, a body worker, do craniosacral therapy, and uh, and other hands-on modalities. And then I also am trained in perinatal psychology, birth psychology. So I really look at the um, the whole person, the emotional, mm-hmm. um, and then the spiritual as well, because that's also always there. Um, mm-hmm. So when I'm working with someone um, in the be in the beginning, <laughs> the beginning before the beginning, when mm-hmm. that, um, that spark is there, then um, often people will come to see me to um, really work with that intention of becoming pregnant. And um, they may have been trying for a while. They may, have just, they may be just beginning. But they're really wanting to um, create space. Um, in their, their their pelvic bowl, in their their womb space, um, to be mm-hmm. able to call in and and have 
um, the baby that they're envisioning. <laughs> hmm. And how do they go about doing that? Hmm. Well, it depends on how we decide to work, um, but uh, sometimes it's uh, on Skype or on the phone, and then we we really just talk about what they're wanting, and um, and sometimes to really help someone figure out what they're wanting or how they can achieve what they're wanting, we have to look at what's keeping them from having what they're wanting. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there's fears, there's past trauma. Um, you know, women in our culture, um, especially it, around reproductive health, undergo many things throughout their lives and have many experiences, you know, some positive and some more challenging, such as, um, you know, abortions or miscarriages or abuse. And so we really work with, um, I often just work with what needs to be released, um, what needs to be cleared, what needs to be felt in order for um, a new space to be held mm-hmm. for, for something different. Mm-hmm. And you find there are often surprises that come up that women who perceived that they were entirely ready and available for conception uh, discovered that there were things that were in the way that, that they just would never have imagined? Yes and no. You know, often it is a surprise to them, but there's on some level a reason why they came to see me where they knew something was keeping them from full, fully moving forward into the process. Um, there was something that they were holding from, from their past. And sometimes it's just a fear. Um, sometimes it's actually maybe um, their own history of how they came into the world or you know, stories they heard from their friends around being pregnant or giving birth. And, and so we just work with those fears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, there any, is there an example that comes to mind, a fear or something else that was holding someone back? And when you were able to work on that with them, that really released them to conceive? Great question. I think one of the fears that I that I hear sometimes is in that preconception journey is that, um, especially when women have already been trying to conceive and they're having challenges, that with um, with especially with assisted support, if they're looking into um, any kind of IVF or IUI support, and they've had an experience where it hasn't it hasn't worked then there can mm-hmm. be fear of trying again because there's the hope that comes with the the thought of bringing in a little one and then there's the defeat that comes and so we work with that cycle of um you know being in that surrendered place and being um you know letting oneself feel the hope and and go fully into something and also, you know, not being attached to the outcome um, and being committed to the process. Mm-hmm. Big work. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, that it can be a real emotional journey. And yeah. so at the same time that you want to maintain the belief that you have the capability to yes. conceive, you also need to be open to the realities of the experience. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When I work with people in person, sometimes we'll do hands-on, and um, I do craniosacral therapy, and I'll do specific acupressure and jinjitsu sequences. Um, and then there's the um, 
holistic pelvic care that I also do, which is actual pelvic floor therapy, and that can really increase circulation in the whole pelvic ball and support flow and ease and the possibility of, of conception. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the physical work is, is just to kind of help to get the circulation, the life flow really moving mm-hmm. in that area. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And do you do exercises like visualization? I do. I do. You know, I find that we are so much more creative than we even know and that when given the space to tap into um, the, the mind's eye, the imagination, that um, so much health is there waiting for us. So um, I can have someone really visualize what they want in that space or sometimes people see colors or, um, or can take themselves to someplace beautiful in nature and sometimes it's just stress that we need to release. And mm-hmm. so having a, um, a whole journey in one's mind of, you know, being at the beach <laughs> and lying on the sand and feeling the sun, you know, on their skin and the breeze and the salty air, you know, that alone can release tension in the body and allow for more circulation and possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that sounds like it connects also with the holistic care that you do that you have care that's directly related to the pregnancy, but also really related to the person's state of being at large. Exactly. And we might go in very specifically to what's happening with the, with the different parts of the body. You know, what are the ovaries needing? You know, what is the uterus needing? You know, actually, even though it sounds funny, um, we actually can, can really check in with what the organs and what the parts of the body need, and they will let us know. Really, mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's so, it's um, so simple actually. When we when we ask the body what it's needing, mm-hmm. and how do you do that check in process? Mm. I will, <clears throat> you know, someone will be in a relaxed state, and um, will maybe it'll be through hands on or maybe through Skype. Um, but we'll, I'll have them close their eyes and sense in. So I do something called somatic experiencing, which is sensing through the body different um, ways that we're feeling sensation, right? So is it hot or cold or is it heavy or, or light or soft? Um, and, you know, what's the sensation there? And then is there an image that you see? You know, is there a color? You know, sometimes people, you know, all of a sudden will see a bird flying or, you know, they'll get some image that will help them um, understand make meaning of what they're seeing. Um, and so we'll work with sensation and image. Some people hear things like, oh, I'm, I'm really getting this message that, you know, I need to slow down. Mm-hmm. Maybe as simple as that, really. And, you know, one could say that's the, you know, the higher self speaking or that, you know, small voice within us um, or just, you know, the the deeper knowing, that deeper wisdom that we all have when we, uh, when we slow down, we, we do hear often what we need to hear. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in a sense, it's putting together the pieces of the puzzle really yeah. for each person. We all have our own clues that we need to connect with about what the missing links are for us, that if we attend to them, that would make a difference in the outcome. Yeah, I do see that. I do see that most of the answers are deep within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like this piece about slowing down and stress 
I suppose, can't be underestimated, really, because we hear so many stories about women becoming pregnant after adoption, after throwing up their hands and say, okay, well, saying, okay, well, it's not going to happen mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's about that surrendering process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And just thinking about the balance that you talked about between maintaining your belief in your ability to conceive and also going to the paces that oftentimes it's a much longer journey than women anticipate. Mm-hmm. Do you also encourage visualization around a woman being pregnant? I do. I do. I actually help women connect in with um, the the baby that they see might be waiting <laughs> to come to them. And, you know, sometimes women find that strange at first, but then they really like it. They really like this idea of connecting in with their, their unborn child and, and starting a dialogue, having a conversation with this little one that is waiting for, waiting to be housed by, by their mother. So that's, and then I do have them work with visualization of being pregnant and, and what that would feel like and, and what fears might come up and, you know, giving birth. And, you know, we go through it all, um, because if there's something blocking, then then we we need to we need to attend to that. Mm-hmm. And that sounds in line with a, a well-known strategy of really envisioning yourself where you'd like to be. Yes, yes. I mean, there's so many studies, and you know, if you think about you know marathon runners and you know anything in sports, and um, it's we we know that that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the mind, the spirituality, emotional aspects of preconception. What about some of the physical aspects in terms mm-hmm. of practices that you might recommend? Mm-hmm. Well, I always work with women with um, with nourishment, um, and that is so important. If you're going to nourish a baby, you need to nourish yourself. And so I talk about a nourishing diet of warming foods, of you know, really making sure that they're eating healthy and that they're feeling nourished by what they're eating. Sometimes there's some detoxification that might need to happen with herbs or homeopathy. Um, And sometimes there's some hormonal balance that that we might need to look at. Um, I often refer out to acupuncturists or to naturopaths for some of the more specific things and like to really work with the team on that level. Um, One thing is... um, also looking at what their, um, how their genes are expressing. Um, we found more recently the, uh, there's a gene called the MTHFR gene, which has to do with how we um, are able to absorb and assimilate and detoxify B vitamins. And so that we found has a correlation to women miscarrying. Um, mm. And so I like to get women tested for that, and sometimes they already know and are already on board, but there's certain things they can be doing and supplementation that will help support them to be even be able to carry a baby. So those mm. are kinds of some physical things. Mm-hmm. And Shanti, this MTHFR, so it's mm-hmm. MTHFR, F mm-hmm. like Frank, R like Ralph, how can this be checked? What type of practitioner mm-hmm. would do that kind of check? Mm-hmm. So naturopaths um, and acupuncturists, especially working with fertility, will know about this. Um, and it's, it's quite simple um, to test for. And so the, these sound like things that really wouldn't necessarily come up in the more traditional general testing that's done. It depends through- on the, the skill and the, 
you know, the the experience of the practitioner. You know, there are many fertility specialists at this point who who do know about this kind of, um, you know, how to work with these things, but mm-hmm. it really just depends on the practitioner. Right, and that's helpful just to be mindful mm-hmm. of of these different areas that you're talking about, detoxification with herbs and homeopathy, uh, checking for this MTHFR gene mutation, mm-hmm. also looking at hormone balancing, and having a nourishing diet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So we're going to go to a brief commercial, and when we come back, Shanti will share a little bit more about preconception practices and also practices that support pregnancy and birthing. Stay with us. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. Tune in to The Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you looking to get noticed in today's business world? Listen for Chat with Chickles. What they couldn't teach you in business school. This is the show that will help you survive and thrive in business today. It's what you can do differently that will help you stand apart from everybody else in the field. Lisa Chickles and her guests can show you just how to gain that unique edge. Chat with Chickles can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by midwife, educator, and somatic therapy practitioner, Shanti Smith. 
Our focus for today today's episode is baby making. We talked about practices that can support conception, including mental preparation and also wellness practices. And Shanti, we didn't get a chance to talk about exercise or some type of movement that might be helpful. And I'm curious to hear your thoughts about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I am a lover of movement, and um, I've been a yoga instructor for many years and a dancer. And I, um, I think in our culture, we, <laughs> we work really hard to, um, to be in the world and, you know, working at desks and, you know, being kind of straightforward and not so much moving our hips. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. so much dancing. And, you know, the more that we move our hips, the more that we increase circulation, and also the more juicy we are. And that's what allows for conception. So um, I really encourage women who are wanting to conceive, and once they're pregnant as well, to, um, to do yoga, to do belly dancing. You know, belly dancing was one of the first, um, was actually created to support women to have babies. Mm. <laughs> um, and so it's really great to feel the flow in your own body. And that can be anything that you like to do that um, makes you happy and moves your hips. So it could be African dancing. It could be belly dancing. You know, most indigenous cultures n- know this <laughs> and mm-hmm. do this and practice this. Um, it could be hip-hop. You know, it's just really letting yourself feel fluid, feeling this, like, flow in your body because we are you know, mostly made of water, and we can really forget that in our lives. And so to give ourselves a chance to let that juicy movement come through is super important. Mm-hmm. So essentially movements that really help to enhance the vitality of that reproductive region. Exactly. And as women, we're taught to um, hide from, from our hips, to, you know, to kind of really protect ourselves. And, and for good reasons, you know, we want to feel safe in the world. But we also want to feel free and fertile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've heard a little bit about Mayan abdominal massage. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious at what point of the birthing process you would recommend that. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can share a little bit about what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's really great to do in preparation for birthing and um, and for for um, for conceiving, and then um, with a skilled practitioner during pregnancy. And you know, I use some of it um, in combination with the other things that I do. But it's really again around increasing circulation, connecting a woman to her. Um, her pelvic bowl and to the power um, in her abdomen and in her womb space or uterus, um, it can help once uh, it can help with postpartum as well. So, really, <laughs> it's a it's a great technique. Mm-hmm. And is this something that a person can do on their own, or do they, do they really need to do it with a practitioner? Mm-hmm. Well, it's recommended to start with a practitioner and then. Um, Self-care can be taught. So, um, you know, I, I always give my clients homework. <laughs> um, I, I like them to practice things on their own, and that also is a way for them to connect in with their own bodies and, and wellness. Mm-hmm. And, and just lastly, on the stage of preconception, one thought that I have is that 
there are so many conversations that take place between individuals who are looking to conceive and so many approaches and practices that might be recommended. So how do people not get in a tizzy, which can cause a lot of stress and kind of be anti the whole process? How do you kind of tune into which practices may be most appropriate for you? Mm-hmm. Great question. Again, I would I would seek the body for that um, that deep wisdom. So, you know, working with my clients, I would help them determine through their own knowing what feels the best for them in their bodies. Um, you know, and it, it usually gets really clear. I don't ever ask someone to do something that they're not going to do. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I never tell someone they have to do their homework. You know, it's like I want to find for them what feels really right and and they feel the most connected into. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it sounds like that stepping back, really having that quiet time where you can really tune in and feel out what's right for you so that you know you're you're really doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You're doing the maximum and at the same time you're not doing things that are unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really a lesson for parenting, <laughs> because once one becomes a parent, then oh wow, right? It's a it's a it's an uphill um, learning curve that's very steep. It's like, there's many decisions that a parent needs to make, and and really they have to um, come into their own empowered place around what they feel intuitively is right for their their child. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the mental preparation. We talked about the tuning in to really have a sense of what practices are going to be most beneficial for each individual, taking a look also at your nutrition and the possibility of detoxing and movement exercises that really help to connect with the vitality of the reproductive system. So we're, let's assume that we achieved conception at this point mm-hmm. and we're, we're moving on then to practices that relate to pregnancy and birthing. The first thing, the way that I like to work um, is that when I was studying to be a midwife, I trained in uh, pre and prenatal psychology with uh, Ray Casolino and Myrna Martin, also one of my teachers. And, and in this work, we really help people discover what was happening when they were coming into the world. Um, it's looking at that implicit memory, that preverbal um, experience of the, the little one um, growing as an embryo and then coming into the world. And um, so I help people, first of all, you know, even in that preconceptive time, to um, understand what was happening and maybe even somatically remember, because we hold actually everything in our tissues, in our body, um, to make sense of how they came in and then really make a choice about how they want to bring their little one in. And so that can be really helpful. Sometimes, you know, there there might be a history of being born, you know, with um, many types of drugs or, you know, in a hospital with lots of interventions. And so maybe that person, as she's preparing um, to give birth, you know, wants to do it differently, wants to have a natural childbirth, but has this history of how they came into the world and how that might have been, it could have been traumatic. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it also could have saved their life. And so all we have to look at all of these things and really look at how, um, how to make sense of what happened in the past and why things happened and what was going on, what was, you know, where was, where was mom, where was dad, where, 
what was the birth team doing, like really looking into the, um, the experience of the, the parent as um, they were coming into the world. Um, mm-hmm. That can be very helpful in, in preparation. In fact, I can see it being the most helpful as a midwife um, if someone has really understood their own birthing process when they were being born then, um, and really done the work around that, then often the birth is, um, it's just, it flows. So if there was some kind of trauma when that individual was born, they may have some fears related to birthing? Yes, and they might not even know it until they look at it because it's held in this implicit memory, in this early, early preverbal memory. And so uh, in, in a way, we don't even know that we're repeating a pattern unless we mm-hmm. can identify what that pattern is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do you find when you have this discussion that it really encourages people to talk to their parents about the experience of their birth and they wind mm-hmm. up finding out things that they never knew? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity for, you know, for both parents, if there's two involved in the birthing process, to look at their own histories and how that might have affected them and also get the, you know, the grandparents involved <laughs> if they're willing. And sometimes mm-hmm. they, they aren't you know, able to talk with their parents, and so then they can do their own exploration somatically. So through their body, they can remember. Um, they can also get their birth records, which can be helpful. So that sounds, again, like the, the issue of psychology, mm-hmm. really taking a look at what your experience was as much as you can gather about your own experience and at, at the same time really making very deliberate choices about how you want to birth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's very different than, it's, it's this cutting field of pre- and perinatal birth psychology um, which allows us to go into that somatic psychology experience, that, that physical. Mm-hmm. And are there any resources that you recommend for just exploring mm-hmm. options? Mm-hmm. I have quite um, a bit of information on my website, Embodied Beginnings, um, and um, birthpsychology.com is the Association for Pre- and Perinatal Psychology and Health, um, which I'm a member of, and there's a lot of information on there. Mm-hmm. So we have the pre- and perinatal psychology, which people can learn more about. What are some other aspects of pregnancy and birthing that you think are really important? Mm-hmm. Well, the birthing team is really essential, um, that you find a, a team of support that you feel safe with, because a woman who's preparing to give birth um, is really preparing to go into a cave, so to speak, and labor um, in a way that is not um, something you can think your think your way through. It's a very primal activity. It's not the neocortex. It's the primitive brain, and it's you know the best. <laughs> The best preparation is through childbirth education and really doing positions for labor, getting on hands and knees, and you know, really, um, really exploring what it would be like to to not be in that frontal brain where we're just thinking our way through it, but actually, like, what is my body needing to do? And so, this all of that kind of preparation and way of birthing, um, it's really important for a, a person to feel safe. And so what I found as, as a midwife, um, if a woman is healthy and low risk, then birthing at home or in a, a birthing center with, with midwives is really um, 
a beautiful way to prepare because uh, the midwifery model of care allows for um, really, really intensive, comprehensive uh, support throughout the whole pregnancy, whereas uh, an OB gyne, um, an obstetrician, can usually, because of um, because of the way the medical model is, um, can see a woman, see a person for seven to ten minutes for each prenatal appointment. Mm-hmm. Um, as midwives, we can see our clients for uh, thirty minutes to an hour and a half, you know, or longer, depending on what our clients are needing at each prenatal, and during those appointments. We are doing all the, the regular things. We're checking women's vitals and we're, you know, checking the baby's position and teaching, you know, the teaching about preparation with herbs and, um, and positions and, you know, all the different things that women need to be educated about. But we're also building a sense of trust with our clients building a sense of trust so that they can know that when they are in the act of labor and they are scared or they are deep in their process, that they don't have to worry about anyone else in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that no one's going to be walking in and out of the room. It's their midwives, their partner, their loved ones. They have chosen a team. You know, maybe their doula, which I always recommend, uh, which is like a, a labor assistant or birthing coach there for emotional and spiritual support. Those people are there, and no, they're not leaving. They're there for the whole process, and there's a trust that's very deep. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like there's a certain level of emotional support and also support around other aspects of well-being that a person would benefit from in engaging a midwife and maybe also a doula in the birthing process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The midwife, I mean, has all the clinical skills of a doctor for a healthy, low-risk woman, and, you know, and the doula can really hold that emotional support. And if it is necessary for a woman to birth in the hospital, then, um, th- then it's vital that a woman has a doula there with, with her because the doula is going to be um, uninterrupted support throughout the whole process and that safe person who really knows what's happening and knows her client and can advocate for her client to have the birth that she's wanting. Mm-hmm. And do you find that there's any conflict, so to speak, when you when a person engages a midwife and then is also working with an OB? Mm-hmm. It depends on the city and state where they're living. Um, it's, it's optimal if you can have... Um, a collaborative relationship with a midwife and an OB so that if there is any need for, um, for an OB, then it's easy to, uh, to, to consult or refer. Um, that's not always the case in our birthing culture. Um, birth is political, uh, unfortunately, and um, it isn't always easy for um, for, for for doctors to understand um, why someone would want to birth at home, even though, even though the studies show that it's safe, if not safer, for a healthy, low-risk woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to take two for a quick commercial. When we come back, we'll talk about postpartum support. Stay with us.
Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Imagine you hired a designer to redo your kitchen. Working with an expert to meet your needs was such a high. You're enjoying the new feature so much that you're waking up early to write the book that's been in your head for five years. The raised Caesar stone countertop and cushioned back stool are your writer's desk. With this comes the realization that all of the rooms in your home need to be redone to match the level of your kitchen. This scenario demonstrates my approach to executive and lifestyle coaching. It involves understanding what compatibility means to you at different times in relationships, career, nutrition, and other quality of life areas. It's also about elevating your game personally and professionally. Given my multidisciplinary expertise, we can address a range of needs that are critical to your fulfillment and success. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, Managing Director of Life and Career Choices, a global executive coaching and concierge practice. Learn more about my services and contact me through lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi speaking with midwife Shanti Smith about the childbirth process. We talked about practices that are beneficial for preconception and also for pregnancy and birthing. Shanti, it would be wonderful to hear a little bit more about your suggestions on preparation for the birthing process, since that's something that can cause a lot of anxiety. Um, Yes, the last few weeks can be really exciting, and also um, there can be a lot of pressure on a on a, a birthing parent to um, uh, to give birth on the due date, <laughs> which is we actually call it the guest date because um, I look at um, babies growing kind of like mangoes on a tree, and you wouldn't pick a a mango off the tree until it was ripe and juicy and that's the same thing with babies. When they're ripe and juicy, they will let us know when it's time to, <laughs> when labor um, is going to begin. And so, um, you know, there is some fear in our culture today around um, letting a baby go too far. And, you know, as, as a midwife, we look at all of the, um, the health factors and, and the risk factors, and we're always monitoring our, our moms and parents 
Um, and because there is some some fears around um, the baby being inside the womb for too long, um, we often just do really gentle preparation with our clients to support the, um, a really smooth and efficient labor and, um, and just a, 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 the perfect timing for a mom and baby. And so, you know, a few weeks before, we'll really talk about, again, any fears that might be coming up and what kind of support is needed. But we'll also maybe work with some nice herbal preparations. Raspberry leaf tea is a really nice preparation to support and tone the uterus. Um, we'll support the, um, the parents um, or the, the birthing person in having um, very sensual experiences. So if she's with a partner, um, having lots of sex because... What, even if this isn't how it happened, uh, Ina Mae Gaskin, one of our um, mothers of midwifery, says, what gets the baby in gets the baby out. Mm. So often babies come from having sex, not always. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we encourage that juiciness again, that circulation, that flow in the pelvis. And, um, and the oxytocin that comes from connection and from orgasm. We really encourage that um, the hormones to to be um, to be balanced and to you know be in their fullness. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, so that's those are a couple of things that we might um, you know also acupuncture, chiropractic care, craniosacral therapy, really like having a woman feel as supported as she can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what came to mind also when you're talking about. Having frequent sex is also the experience of connection and togetherness and unity mm-hmm. in addition to the relaxation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything I'm saying, of course, you know, uh, a pregnant person, family would want to check with their provider because each person is going to have an individualized plan that works for her. Mm-hmm. And I know one of the biggest concerns that a woman might have maybe has to do with ripping, (laughs) which is fairly common, but I've also heard that there are practices that can help with that. Mm -hmm. I teach a a type of massage that a woman can do and her partner can do for her in preparation in my childbirth education classes, and and that will prevent the likelihood of tearing and also helps a woman even to start to be familiar and connected to that part of her body. So again, similar to the holistic pelvic care that I do to help with fertility and also postpartum, um, breathing into the pelvic floor, you know, getting familiar with that area, not being, not feeling like one has to tense in that area as, you know, a baby is coming through, which is a really big deal, um, can be really helpful and really help slow down the, the actual birthing process. And then, of course, positional um, positions are important as well. So hands and knees um, is one of the best positions for. Um, preventing the likelihood of tearing. And in our current times where we have a lot of women later in years who are birthing, I'm wondering if you have any recommendations specifically for a woman who is older in years. Mm -hmm. I would uh, invite her to trust her body. Uh, I have supported many women um, in their later years, and they are rocking laborers. They are amazing. And, um, And so I... I really feel like um, it's all about being healthy and being connected to yourself and to your baby that you're growing and not letting fear take over just because um, 
someone has told you that you're of advanced maternal age. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's good to hear, mm-hmm. considering that many women over 40 are naturally put into that high-risk category. Yeah, exactly. So let's say we got to the point where we birthed our baby or babies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some thoughts that you have around postpartum? Mm. Well, for me, this is uh, one of the most beautiful parts. <laughs> and... Um, and also one of the most important parts, because often women, as they're preparing for pregnancy and birthing, they think about that, but they, they don't necessarily think about the postpartum. And that is such an important place, because that's where bonding and attachment occurs, and that's where support is needed more than at any time, I think. Um, so bonding and attachment happens when a little one comes and a mom and baby can can be together after birth, and that's not always possible, but in an optimal environment, optimal situation, then a baby can come right onto the belly after birth, and what will actually happen physiologically is that there's a biological instinct of the little one, of the baby, to crawl with the stepping reflex, to scooch up to the breast to find nourishment and begin nursing, Um, and this is a, a... a way that the baby actually works out some of the tension of being birthed because the baby was quite involved in the process and might have some, you know, some tension in, in its little body. And, you know, sometimes it cries, sometimes it pauses. It tells the story of what birthing was like for him or her. And then, you know, it'll take maybe 45 minutes, but if you can let that happen, the baby will come up to the breast and will will find its way. No one actually even has to do it for the baby. They are so smart, so intelligent. And the baby will begin nursing, and then the parents will see how how intelligent this baby is, and this trust is formed. Um, that's a really lovely thing to get to, to do after birth. If that doesn't happen right after birth for, for some reason, then... It can happen the next day or a week later, especially with a, a skilled practitioner to help support the, the breast crawl. Um, midwives, doulas, craniosacral therapists, pre and prenatal birth psychologists, we all are, um, most of us have been trained in, in supporting this at this point, and it's really lovely. Mm-hmm. Does it tend to happen in a hospital setting? It can happen in the hospital if... Um, you know, if the circumstances are right. Mm-hmm. I was asking just based on the protocols that are followed in a hospital setting. Yeah. So it's really important for women who are planning on birth, birthing in the hospital that, that if they know about this and they want, they want this to happen, that they talk to their providers beforehand. And there are certain tests, depending on what state you live in, um, that need to happen within the first hour, first two hours. And so it's just a conversation of saying, I'd like to be with my baby for the first 55 minutes, if that's possible. You know, really just working with um, with everyone's needs and having a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shanti, I spoke with someone who had envisioned giving birth. She was giving birth to her second child and assumed that it would be a natural birth and then Mm -hmm. found herself in a situation where she had a cesarean Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. And afterwards, she talked to me about it and she said it was really traumatic for her because it was just not really how she had imagined the experience. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's all too common and that's why I specialize in in trauma resolution work because um, 
there is so often that experience that um, a woman has after labor where um, it didn't actually go the way that they thought it would go. And, you know, in our in the way that we work in our culture, it's often said, oh, well, you have a healthy baby and, and you're healthy, so everything's fine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's kind of like brushing it under the rug. And women need to talk about what's happened to them. And there is a really high rate of, of postpartum um, depression and um, and PTSD with, with labor. So, um, so the way that I support women with that is that um, I'll often, if I'm local, if you know, if we're together, then I will support them with um, with some kinds of hands-on connection. And also, doing that breast crawl might be enough for them to really connect in. And w- with women who have had cesareans, we might actually reenact the birth so that they, um, the baby, imagining or just letting the baby kind of crawl down <laughs> and through. Um, in the way that the the birthing mother had envisioned, um, it's really person to person how what makes sense for them, what they're needing. But the biggest thing is to really honor and acknowledge that um, that there's feelings there, and that um, it doesn't always happen the way that we want it to. But what's most important is that we make sense of what happened because trauma is defined as too many things happening. Um, at one time, too fast, right? It's overwhelm. That's one way that trauma is defined. And so if we can slow down what happened, often there was an emergency, right? So everything's going fine and then something changes and so something has to happen quickly. Um, And sometimes it, it makes sense and sometimes it doesn't, especially in that altered state that a woman is in during labor. Um, she's deep, deep in that primal brain, right, as I was talking about. And so to have to shift into some kind of quick movements or something's happening fast or the baby is, has to be taken to the nursery and there's separation, you know, that can be quite traumatic. And people aren't talking about it but really need to acknowledge that this happens and, um, and that there are ways to find peace. There are ways to actually have healing around this, um, to work out the tension from the body. And so I'll work with women, you know, hands-on, um, giving support and releasing tension and the feelings, or over Skype where we're just going over the birth and slowing it down, really talking about each part of it and taking breaths and taking mm-hmm. pauses and feeling the feelings. And then we can also go through and repattern what happened. We can't change what happened, but we can, again, work with guided imagery, work with the feeling of the body to recreate a new experience in um, the nervous system, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. The process of postpartum sometimes invites the opportunity to rewind <laughs> the process. In a sense, you're, you're playing it back mm-hmm. so that you can really connect with what the experience meant for you and also be able to hopefully enhance experience and maybe bring in more of the feelings of well-being that you had imagined. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And just to ha- once um, uh, a birthing parent or the parents can find peace and make sense, then it's also easier to be present with what is, you know, with this baby that is now <laughs> with them 24-7. And, you know, sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes women feel like, oh, I... 
I, you know, I have these feelings of resentment or confusion and I don't know how to completely bond with my baby yet. And so we'll work through those feelings so that then that bond can occur. Mm-hmm. And breastfeeding often goes easier. I also work with supporting women with breastfeeding in that way of, um, you know, if there's some tension in the way, then, then it can be challenging. Mm-hmm. It seems like also a very comforting reality that you can work with someone, you know, just be honest about what your experience has been and, and uh, some of the feelings that you have. Well, some of the feelings that sometimes don't feel motherly, you know, mm-hmm. in the sense that we have an expectation around our, our role as a nurturer. And then you're also dealing with how you're feeling coming out of the whole birthing process. And you need to be able to attend, you yeah. know, to whatever is really going on in, in an honest way and be supported. Yes, there needs to be support for mom and baby. And, and what we also, what I like to say is if the mom settled, then the baby settled. Right, so um, we talk about in in this work, pre and prenatal psychology. We talk about two layers of support. So the baby needs mom, and then the mom needs someone else. Right, so um, that might be the partner, and then the partner needs someone else. Right, that might be the grandmother or the um, the postpartum doula. Right, and so a postpartum doula will come to the house and spend three or four hours a day, or come in the evenings and you know help make nourishing food and help you know with cleaning and doing things that um, that a mother would that a woman might be you know that the parents might be doing if they weren't taking care of this newborn and and if they get to do that then they get to really be on their baby moon they get mm. to really bond and attach and just enjoy the sweetness of um, this new family that's being created. So we can wrap up on this high note, mm. envisioning how quickly we went through the entire birthing process from mm-hmm. preconception <laughs> to pregnancy, birthing, postpartum. That was quick. <laughs> and we can go a lot deeper. So mm-hmm. I'd like to invite you to learn more about Shanti and her work by visiting her website at embodiedbeginnings.com. That's E-M-B-O-D-I-E-D, beginnings.com. Shanti offers Skype sessions for fertility, birth counseling, and also trauma resolution. So glad that you tuned in. Speak with you next week. Thank you, Shanti. Thank you so much, Hamza. As always, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hamda Mizrahi with Turn the Page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.